It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Top Stories. I am, yet again, Andy Zaltzman. We're going back in time to December 2013 in today's Rummage into the Bugle Archives. America's widening wealth gap was up for discussion in issue 253 of the Bugle entitled Lenin in a Dress. And as you've guessed, there was some bad news for the great American dream for me to discuss with John Oliver. Top story this week, Mind the Wealth Gap! Uh, America's wealth gap has uh, demonstrably, Andy, taken on a Grand Canyon level to it. It is on track to become a natural wonder of the world. And anyone who manages to jump over America's wealth gap in the future, Andy, is almost guaranteed sponsorship by Red Bull. (laughs) Uh, But according to a Bloomberg national poll, uh, the widening gap between rich and poor is eroding faith in the American dream. Incidentally, Michael Bloomberg who owns the company that took that poll, has a personal wealth of $31 billion. So <laughs> he's had not just a hand, but also a huge f***ing shovel widening that gap himself. But, you know, that's, that's not the point here. It's a much bigger, better point, but it's not the one we're looking at. By almost two to one, 64% to 33%, Americans say the US no longer offers everyone an equal chance to get ahead. Now, it is arguable, of course whether it ever truly did. But I certainly think it's fair to say that the American dream has become even harder to actually dream now without (laughs) reality creeping in. Oh, I had this amazing dream. Sweet, I was working in a factory and I was working really hard and I was hoping to get a promotion maybe up into management of some kind, but then I didn't get it. But So I worked even harder than, than I didn't get it again. So I tried dreaming really, really hard in my dream to get ahead in life and... Well, it just started to seem impractical in the economic climate, so I tried dreaming of flying instead, but I couldn't get my feet off the ground, and then I woke up. Sorry, did I say I had an amazing dream? I meant to say I had a plausible dream. (laughs) 
But it's become quite indefinable now, the uh, the 21st century American dream. It seems to me to be something that you can't quite remember when you wake up, possibly involving the vague sensation of chasing a shadowy monster down an endless corridor whilst needing a wee <laughs> and being unable to find your trousers. Or maybe something about your children asking you something really important but not being able to speak, uh, speak and give them an answer, but just moving your mouth up and down, then waking up to find out that they've left home without telling you and emigrated. That, that seems to be basically what it is. <laughs> Well, it is now. The statistics, the statistics really don't stop being shocking, though. Last year, the richest 10% of Americans earned more than half of all income. Andy, those are near revolution-inducing numbers. <laughs> if Wall Street bankers had Versailles-style ornately clipped hedges outside their penthouse apartment <laughs> buildings, I think people in this country might actually be waxing the blades on some guillotines right now. Uh, the incredible thing is that the poll goes on to show that American people are less concerned about this wealth gap than you might reasonably expect. Only 45% of Americans say that new policies are needed in response to this, while 46% say it would be better to allow the market to operate freely even if the gap gets wider. Wow! Andy, that is a level of faith in the free market that is almost admirable. That's like someone dying of cigarette-induced lung cancer and smoking even more cigarettes on their deathbed saying, oh, don't worry, doctor, I have faith that tobacco companies are just not going to let this happen to me. (laughs) Uh, There was understandably, though, less faith demonstrated by those making less than $50,000 a year here in America when uh, they were asked uh, 73%... Uh, to 24%, they said the economy is unfair. But still, Andy, who is that 24%? That is still essentially a quarter of people saying, nope, I pretty much deserve to be getting screwed right now. I've brought this on myself. Unless, unless those 24% polled were actually being sarcastic, saying, oh, of course the economy is fair. What could be fairer about it? It's so fair. <laughs> Put me down for thinking this is the fairest system in the entire universe. That That is the problem with polls, Andy. They just they don't record tone of voice. <laughs> That's why they're fundamentally flawed. There is there's an interesting psychological relationship that Americans have with money, or more specifically, the lack of it. The problem is Americans are inherently optimistic people, and, and that can be a real problem. Uh, Americans in the top five, the top fifth, of uh, income make 16.7 times the income of those in the bottom fifth, and yet less than half of Americans think the wealth gap is a problem. The simple psychological explanation, Andy, is that everyone, even the poorest Americans, have a tendency to assume that one day they're going to be the richest Americans, and they don't want their hypothetical wealth to be taxed in the future. They're, (laughs) They're protecting income that doesn't even exist yet. There's that great quote, from John Steinbeck, where he says, socialism never took root in America because the poor see themselves not as an exploited proletariat, but as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. (laughs) Americans are just suicidally optimistic, Andy. Hope is their kryptonite. (laughs) And the wealth gap has been in the news a lot recently, partly because uh, President Obama delivered a major speech about the wealth gap recently, highlighting the problem and saying that something needed to be done about it, as if he'd slightly forgotten that he was the current president. <laughs> and that's something that he could maybe have a bash at solving were he so inclined. I, I wonder, I actually wonder now how many times a day he says, oh, someone should really do something about this, before someone in the same room has to touch him gently on the arm and say, yeah, Mr. President, that person is still actually you at the moment. <laughs> Before saying, God, have you seen that Danish leader? Man, what a sizzler. The Pope has waded in. John, he's, yeah. uh, he, he wrote uh, just a few weeks ago in, uh, 
in November. Uh, some pretty scathing words about the world's current uh, economic uh, priorities. He said, Just as the commandment, thou shalt not kill, sets a clear limit in order to safeguard the value of human life. Today, we also have to say, thou shalt not to an economy of exclusion and inequality. Such an economy kills. And the responses to that are basically uh, to say, uh, A, well, clearly you're not earning enough, Mr. Pope, and B, <laughs> you are Lenin in a dress. <laughs> Well, it's not just that, though, Andy, because the problem with that interesting sentiment, you know, heartfelt <laughs> sentiment, really looking out for the most vulnerable members of society, the problem with that is that it's difficult to make points about income gaps, however well-intentioned, from the Vatican, <laughs> Andy. It's yeah. hard to make nuanced points about the poor when your house is basically solid gold. And I know it's not his house, Andy. I know, it's not, and I know he's not comfortable with the trappings of the papacy, but that does not remove the fact that there are a fuck of a lot of trappings behind him whenever he speaks. <laughs> a fuck of a lot, Andy. And it's uh, nice trappings, the yeah, Catholic Church. Nice trappings, and you know he he does seem to be less enamoured of the trappings than some of his uh, rather trapping addicted predecessors. But and I guess another problem that popes in general, as a, as a profession, have had is that they're, they're often this message of. Christian uh, equality and community gets lost between other messages such as don't put your penis in there don't wrap it up either don't be happy if you like people with the same number of ovaries and or testicles as you burn in hell suckers burn in hell <laughs> but this uh, this pope appears unafraid to bark at uh, the, some of the smartly dressed burglars of the uh, capitalist world the London mayor uh, Boris Johnson has also been uh, <laughs> yes. talking about his uh, the fact that he basically has no problem with uh, with super wealth, but he did say that he, he wants it to be a little more socially responsible. He said this, I hope that this time the Gordon Geckos of London are conspicuous not just for their greed, valid motivator though greed may be for economic progress. Oh, what a happy sentence that is. As for what they give and do for the rest of the population. Now, on oh the previous God. form of Gordon Geckos of London... Hoping for them to uh, give and give back and do more for the rest of the population is about as optimistic as hoping for a lion to make the skin of the zebra it's just killed into a romper suit for a disadvantaged baby. It <laughs> is not going to happen. It's going to eat that zebra whole and then it's going to shit it and then it's going to look for another zebra. To me, this is basically expecting this level of economic compassion from these Gordon geckos. It's like giving Leatherface a new chainsaw, and politely asking for him to use it only for gardening. Now, no massacres, <laughs> Leatherface. No, no, ma not even a bit of a massacre. Just the topiary. On the plants, not the people. Yes, yes, not even if you dress them up as plants first. Right, agreed? Here you go, happy birthday. Read the manual and make sure you keep the chain well oiled. Best of luck. Why are you charging at me with that chainsaw? Ow, that hurts. Do I fucking look like a privet hedge? Ouch, evidently I do. <laughs> Leatherface, you really disappoint me. Ow, ow. It is an amazing thing to say that the Gordon Geckos of London could help promote <laughs> economic growth. So it does seem, in listening to it, that Gordon Gecko is a hero character to Boris Johnson. <laughs> was he watching a different movie to me there, Andy? Did he think Wall Street was actually a heartwarming film about people doing their best? <laughs> Did, does he watch It's a Wonderful Life and love it right up until the end where there's a one-man bailout and the system's not allowed to correct itself? <laughs> it was... Boris Johnson, again, for those buglers that don't know, he's the current Mayor of London and professional buffoon. And he delivered this uh, uh, speech in the Margaret Thatcher lecture, which uh, should 
probably already have had people bracing themselves slightly. You can't act surprised when you hear something horrific when they call something the Margaret Thatcher lecture. You, you, you should have already strapped yourself into your chair and had a vomit bucket nearby. But even with those parameters, this particular speech was something special. He argued that inequality is essential to fostering the spirit of envy and hailed greed as a valuable spur to economic activity. That's not the speech of a politician, Andy. That is the speech of a cartoon villain. (laughs) In fact, it's only the speech of a politician in a Batman movie (laughs) delivered at an overblown cocktail party before the Cape Crusader comes smashing in through the skylight. (laughs) That was another top story. Thank you for listening. Now do listen to the latest episode of The Bugle. Available via the Bugle website or elsewhere on the internet. It's very much like this story, but longer and way more up to date. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.